1: Wired access. We'll do it live.
2: Wired. Access. Do it live. Wired access.
0: We'll do it live. Wired access.
1: Welcome to Wired Access Podcast. I'm your host, DJ K dub Omaha. And we are a heard at sports production. Remember. Supernovas they are now two games into the professional league man the electricity the the excitement that's behind it I feel like it's up to the college level and above and I say that because the play is outstanding it's a lot of competition not of just local talent as far as local colleges but you have Olympians you have All-Americans and just come through witness the world class experience for history in the making check out any tickets at supernovas.com and come join the excitement to my left i have from no block no rock but he is also a heard at sports social media strategist kyle byers welcome to the show kyle and to my his left we have brian southworth owner of wired training fellas welcome volleyball is here and it's good to have you here because there's just so much with the social media side that I think some people don't understand, but everybody wants it, right? Everybody wants the video. They want, they want that cool take, that cool video. Brian, you're all about videos when it comes to your training center. Like these are the things that attract people to watch, especially nowadays having a good social media strategist. What does that mean to a company like yourself, Brian?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's important. It's about sharing stories. And, and, you know, I think that's the big thing of like, we want to highlight these kids and the things they're doing and the hard work they're putting in, and hopefully inspire someone else to either come be a part of what we're doing, right? Or you know, even if it's just someone following. Like, I think it's just good to put that message out, like, hey, people are working, you know, and inspire someone else to rise up to that work too. Well, and
1: I like that you brought that up because, of course, my thing is we're going to help a parent or, or or a athlete understand that one, it's okay to play at a sports as far as you can go. Two, it's okay to have the ambition after sports to get back to the sports in different ways. So that's why I brought Kyle on. Kyle, where does first your sports begin and where did it end before you turn to the, the thing we call social media strategists?
2: Yeah, well, first of all, happy to be here with you guys. Um, I, you know, like growing up, I think I said this like in my employee profile for Herdette, it was like, my whole family is super competitive. And so anything that we could do to like bond over sports and things like that, that's kind of where my love for sports happened. Um, and then I, I, recreationally played throughout my entire life. Uh, And then once I got to high school, I I found out that I really enjoyed money. And so I figured I'd (laughs) I'd work instead of doing all the extracurriculars. Right. Um, But uh, but yeah, so that kind of led me uh, led me to hurt at eventually. But yeah. So when you're in high school and you're thinking of whether you're playing sports,
1: um, this is always a hard decision for a kid. Do you remember that decision and why you went that route? Of uh, not money over sports.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, in high school, I was like a buck fifty, and you know, I'm pre- I'm still pretty skinny, and uh, but I think for me, it was kind of like just where my family was at, and kind of where I wanted to go in life was um, I kind of needed to focus on taking care of the financials and and moving on. That was kind of my priority, um, and so yeah, that was kind of the decision there in high school where I was like, all right, I'm old enough to drive. I want a car. I want a cell phone. I want all these things. Right. And, uh, and I know that's a tough decision for a lot of like high school athletes right now. Um, but that was just kind of my priority. You know, I'm, it's funny that you said
1: that. I mean, I, my parents always put in front of me, I mean, a car, do you want to smoke cigarettes? Do you want to work? Or do you want to have a car? Well, I want to work and I want to have a car. Cigarettes are out. Yeah. Simple. <laughs> right. I mean, you don't have to write it all out, Yeah. but then the life decisions happen. Once you start working It's almost like you're stuck in that, like, how was it going from playing sports recreational and just going, okay, now I'm going to work. And I think the, the accountability changes for you, the reliability changes, because if you're playing at a rec level, you're going mom, dad's taking me, I'm going, but it's not the same pressure of a job at an early age.
2: Yeah. I mean, for me, like I met my, I met my wife, um, in high school and, uh, we started dating my like senior year and I kind of already had a plan as far as like, okay, I, I want to move out and I want to move in with her. Cause I had figured at the age of 17, like I'm going to be marrying this girl. Right. And so, <laughs> which, which is crazy. I know.
1: Hey, I, you don't have to tell me, man, I'm a father since the age of 17. So.
2: Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So yeah. So I, I kind of had a plan. Like I, I knew kind of where I wanted to go with, with her, um and so just started working as soon as I possibly could we moved out at the age of 18 and and then it's kind of been onward and upward from there
1: what was the type of jobs that you were looking for then and where did this was it continuing schooling or no
2: yeah so I um my dad is a asbestos abatement um worker and he also he's been an insulator for like 25 years and so I was making $11 an hour, just helping him out on insulation jobs. I got hired doing that. And I was going to college at the same time. And I realized like a year in like, dude, college sucks. So, um, so I decided to join the army and I I spent six years in the army with the deployment to Iraq in 2016. Thank you for your service. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and once I got out of the army, um, especially after my deployment, you kind of see how fast or like how short life is. Um, especially in a place like that. So you, I came back and I said, I don't want to rent anymore. Um, I, I definitely don't want to work construction anymore cause it, you learn the value of a dollar pretty quick when you're working under 800 degree boilers and things like that. So, um, so yeah, so I got a, an office job, right? Uh, I was a military police officer in the army. And so I transitioned that into a fraud specialist at first national bank of Omaha. Um, and I did that for a few years and in, the middle of all that i was i was doing video stuff on the side i started off like oh you know i can be a famous youtuber right and i was making little like (laughs) travel videos and things like that um which ultimately transitioned into doing weddings and kind of learning about cinematography and filmmaking and things like that and
1: was there any school that so like for me i had the career center yeah that's what kind of started my journey but I just didn't pursue it because I was a young kid with, with kids. You know what I mean? Sure. So like I knew there was no Avenue to go that route. If you needed a finance for a family, mm-hmm. that's for anybody that thinks that this is all like this big dollars, or, right? Like we're just being honest. Like it, it takes time to get there. So I did the career center. There was uh there was TV for one third of the year. There was computer back in HTML, oh man that oh was, yeah that was some stuff and then uh and then radio and so you do one of each and like it was like of such a strong passion but i knew i couldn't i couldn't turn it into something
2: yeah uh i mean for me it just i kind of just stumbled on filmmaking really like i i just started doing little things just for, for memories for like my wife and i when we go travel and things like that um and it just kind of evolved and evolved and evolved. And I found out I could start making money doing it. So right back to square one, I want to make some money, right? So I I started kind of building that. And uh, that's when we kind of, and no block, no rock, signed on to Hurt At. And uh, I ended up doing a video for them at the Pinnacle Bank Championship. And I posted that on a Monday. And on Tuesday, they called me and said, hey, you want a job? And I said, sure. Sure, I'll take yeah. one. Because doing like doing like the full-time gig... Um, at the bank and then doing the video stuff on the side. Like I had been trying and trying and trying to figure out ways to go full time with my business. Um, because ultimately I didn't care about financial crimes. Like it was just something to make a paycheck, right? Hey, nothing wrong with some honesty.
1: I mean, uh, we've all had those jobs where you're like, this is what I got to do to make by, I I know if I want to get paid what I want to get paid, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it equals a job that I want to do. Right brian when do you remember going and taking your your step with even like wired training i mean that's a big step with an upcoming
0: family it isn't like you had no kids yeah i mean that's tough one you know i think uh gosh like thinking back i i worked at td ameritrade had a great job managed a team um you know but like i just never really saw myself like helping the people the way like people the way i wanted to help people you know like i I was probably the world's worst college baseball player. Right. And so like that led me down the path of like trying to solve like the why, like why wasn't I better? And then it sent me down a path of learning started coaching. And it's like, Oh man, like these kids are getting good. I can keep learning and teaching these kids all my mistakes. Like what I did wrong, how I like why I didn't like, you know, why I am who I am.
1: Right just on the unsuccessful of the game, not
0: teaching and your business. Yeah. So then, you know, you start having success, you help more and more kids and it just becomes like an addiction. And then, you know, from there it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not even present at my real job. I'm more so thinking like, man, I'm going to go put my eight to five in. Exactly. And then at five o'clock I'm going to turn into coach Brian. Yep. Right. And then like, you know, that's really what motivated me. And I was just so blessed to, uh, have a bunch of people that wanted to be involved in what I was doing and, uh, you know, figured out a way to make enough money doing it where I could support my family and just kind of took a jump of faith, blessed that my wife let me do it, you know, and because it's definitely crazy. Like people like, what are you doing? You know, like no one makes money coaching baseball. It's like, I got to figure out how to do it. So, yeah,
1: I, I'm glad that you brought that up. No one can explain how important, whether it is a wife, it could be a best friend. Your the support that you have direct, like the direct contact, whether it is a best friend or your wife or significant other, is the most important. Like for me, I, I knew I had to be not only the breadwinner, but I also had to make sure insurance was right. Once my wife got into the medical field, all that was like a blur. That's all it took was where I don't have to worry about insurance for myself. There's a such thing as if you work full time, your wife has to pay double insurance. Sweet, I don't have to work full time. I'll work part time. Considered. Yeah. And then, uh, and and you just start going. Okay, so now I can. And I went from I'm I'm kind of like you guys on the wanting to help people, but also make money with it. On the fact of, I love towing cars, but there's not a lot of money unless you own the business, right? I try to go sell cars. I'm too honest for that. I did the two years and I've always lived the, I'm going to work two years, see what I can do and become. And if it's not for me, then I'm good. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with the cars is I got out, I did two years, but I was also coaching high school football. So then my schedule, like when your mind is not there, it's not there. Oh, yeah. Like I'm thinking about the, and especially I'm coaching for OPS. So I'm really thinking more about the kids than the game. Like, I got to get these people, these kids ready to do the best that they could do and see what results we can get and how many we're going to keep Yeah. your support from the wife. What was that? What was that about when you uh, wanted to make this transition? I mean, cause it's already stressful for us to do what we do here with jobs. Mm-hmm. What was that stress before you got to make the decision and go, I'm done with the, the, the fraud and
2: yeah. I mean, so first, First and foremost, the United States military is the best in the world because of the support that surrounds it. That's that's the sole key to everything that you see in the United States military. Um, and so I gained a lot of support from my, from my wife and my family and my friends through that. Um, it kind of keeps the ball rolling, right? And then you come home and you're like, man, like, I, you know, I'm not feeling this, right? Because like you mentioned, you when your mind is on six different things, you've got your personal life, you've got your business, you've got your full time job, you've got a podcast, you've got all these things, right? These are all full time jobs, believe it or not, your your personal life is a full time job. Yeah, right. Yes. So trying to keep everybody happy is just impossible. And I got to a crossroad where it was like, I can't handle all this anymore. So I either have to give up on my passion or I have to sacrifice my personal life or I I can't fill everybody's bucket completely full. Um, And it was at that point, my wife was like, look, why don't, why don't you like, if you need to quit your job, I'll take care of us. Right. While you're still building your business and you're doing all this stuff. I mean, I was pulling in some pretty good money with doing weddings and things. Um, But her support basically allowed me to kind of like, all right, give me some clarity as far as like, what, what do I need to do? I never ended up quitting my full-time job just off the basis of like, I'm going to grow my business and like, you'll take care of it. Right. Um, but once the hurt at thing, that's, this is why I'm so like fortunate and so um, thankful to be working for her at sports is just because it allowed me to continue my passion, but also give me a full-time paycheck. Like there is nothing better in this world. There's a Joe Rogan, um, quote that goes like many men live lives of quiet desperation and so you work a full-time job that you just don't care about right like you just doesn't it doesn't fill you up and you're just like begging and begging to get out of that and go do something that you really enjoy and her as forces allowed that for me
0: you know something that hit home like you know thinking about this it, like reminds me like to like more so about my time and and the best advice i ever got okay was like live in sin. Okay. What does sin mean? All right. So it's like your strengths, your interests, and needs, right? Like what are your strengths? So much that people would pay you to do, you know, what are your interests so much that you would go pay to do it? And then what does the world need? You know? And I think it's like, you know, plotting on a chart, like, okay, like where does that land? And that's where like I am right now. Like, this is like, I feel like my strengths are like coaching kids, my interest. I want to learn and become the baseball coach. And there's a need for people like to mentor these kids. So that really what led me down the path I did. And that, you know, you saying that, like, just, you know, reminds me of kind of my path a little bit more too. Yeah, for sure.
1: See, and that's, what's hard for me. Cause everybody's like, dude, you're, you're doing so much, but like everything I do is not a job. Like I don't consider one thing, a job, mm-hmm. my part-time job. I dispatch live flight helicopters. So what am I doing when it's wintertime and I'm not doing, doing snow? I'm making money but I'm also saving lives. Like I feel like it's my way to get back. But then obviously I DJ. Yeah. So I DJ, I mean, dude, the sports DJing is like the funnest thing I've, I've really gotten to do since COVID. Thank you. COVID. Unfortunately, COVID, whatever you want to say, but it really got me out of my shell and and out of my comfort zone to do more. But then I do this podcast, but then I also like, I, I feel what you're saying about not having enough time to fill all those cups. And it's like, what would be my thing to just go put it all in? I don't know. Mm-hmm. What would I fail? I don't know. Like, and it sucks because I love what I do. Like, I, I love being out of mowing lawns. It's just you and the lawns, you know. What I'm yeah. saying? Like, people are like, you mow lawns? Yeah, man. I don't. I mean, what else are you gonna? You put your headphones in. You don't have to worry talking to people. You're just taking care of someone. What wanting something done? You know, yeah. that's my <laughs>
0: retirement plan. Just so you know. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I got a for you. Yeah. Get me on a baseball field or a golf yeah. course. I'm not going to
1: lie. I would love to do like a sports field just for, just for goes. I have done, um, for, uh, physical, uh, achieve physical therapy. They've asked me, I've mowed like the fields, outside fields of Bellevue West. Me and my wife actually did it. We did three of them and like uh, the lower, the upper and the backside. Cause they had three for lacrosse.
2: And I mean, wow. this stuff was
1: so high. It was like almost to knees. And so I'm like, all right, we're just going to have to double cut everything. And I'm like in my dress clothes because I have a wedding that night. <laughs> I end up going to the wedding and I got like sun marks. From, and I'm like, and my wife's like, she decides to take the stand on. I'm like, I don't think you're going to want that because you're going to be, it's, it's about two hours. And she's like, oh, no, I'm good. And it's like, we're out there on these fields. And you feel like you're not going to get done. But at the end and seeing the results and seeing these kids, young kids get to play lacrosse because the field was taken care of. Like that's where it really hits home on what you are saying. Mm-hmm. And so you get this opportunity with her that, but you learned a lot from your no block, no rock. Talk about that, that podcast and how you started. Cause I started on the radio before I got this. So yeah. it, it's like a night and day. And and I like this a lot better.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, Mike and Jared, those guys started the podcast out of spite because some other friends started a podcast without them. And of course, the other podcast lasted like three episodes and No Block, No Rock is three and a half years deep. Um, But no, I mean, it started out with those guys and I knew Mike from high school. And so I reached out and I said, hey, man, like I listened to a couple of your guys' episodes. I think you're going to be successful. And I said, you guys need a video and photo guy. And Mike messaged back and he's like, well, you're a Nebraska fan. Why don't you just join us? And I said, all right, sure. And it's been every Monday ever since. The best part, Brian, is they do it at... Uh,
1: Nebraska, Brewing, Nebraska Brewing, Company. Brewing Company, which is uh, um, which would be Connor's folks. Connor's Business folks owns it. Dude, they not only have you come in, but they treat you, they greet you, they give you a cup of beers and dinner. Yeah, like I was sweat. I was. I came in after a long day, and I, I I'm like, dude, you're just lucky. I showered. I didn't eat though. Like <laughs> yeah. they're like, no worries. We got the food right here. Had some pulled pork. Had a couple beers and I'm not a beer connoisseur, but I'm gonna tell you I did get the EOS when I went to uh I think I ended up getting it from uh varsity's had it or something. Okay, yeah. So I ended up getting it somewhere. I'm like, hey, it's up there. I'm gonna go ahead and grab some. Yeah. Because I'm not I'm not a beer connoisseur, but that opened my taste buds and I even caught this guy. Luckily, I have this app that will break down a video. And I caught this guy when I'm asking how to taste test it. Cause I don't know, you know, you hear about wine and all that. This dude's in the background. Cause it's there, it's two here, two here. And I'm here and I'm looking at Connor and over here, as I'm asking the question, this dude's over there going, putting his tongue yeah. into his drink, <laughs> only caught it because that app pulled it out. Yeah. So it was showing me talk. And then it went to him and I'm like, dude, you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, Kyle, I would have never seen that
2: at it had it not pulled that out. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, it really is just four dudes just talking and hanging out. Like we're just friends and we've been lucky enough to, you know, sign with hurt at and, uh, and get a ton of different, you know, football players that we've been watching since we were kids, coaches, media personalities from around the area. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. And when you think of
1: where you guys are today and you, and you think of where it started for yourself, what has been like the biggest inspiration? Because I know one thing that I love about our show is it's different. There's, there's a lot of Husker people out there just talking. What, what makes it different besides it is the four boys just hanging out. What, what, what would attract people to your
2: show? Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole purpose, right. Is to, for us as fans to get to meet players and, coaches and people like that um and get their stories but at the end of the day you've seen all of these people in their uh, media availabilities and they give the same scripted answers over and over and over again so if you can bring them into the brewery give them a couple beers hang out with the boys it's not a scripted conversation as you know
1: yeah as you
2: know right and so it's literally just us asking them like Give us your back. Give us your stories, right? Like we want to know what was Kenny Bell doing in the locker room? What was your teammate at this time doing during this play? We don't want the scripted stuff. It's all uncensored, as you know. Um, And like, we want to know the real deal. Like we want to know the real story. We don't want it. We don't want a regurgitation of your media availabilities, right? Like we want to know what happened and we just want to hang out and just talk.
1: All right, so then let's talk about who's your surreal moment so far when it comes to the podcast, because you've got to obviously have your surreal moment with podcasts and now your surreal moment with Hurt At Sports. It's It's got to be 1A and 1B.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can't pick like a, a sole guest that would be like a surreal moment for me, um, but I'll say this. We put a lot of time and effort um, specifically on Connor, Jared, Mike, no offense here, but specifically I spent a lot of time and effort putting that award show together, um, that we did in, in August right before the season. And that was really just to highlight the community of podcasts that not only heard at has kind of put together. Um, but just like in general, small shows, big shows, like we brought a bunch of people together, took them into the brewery, put, a, put together this huge award show had voting and like all this stuff. Right. But for me to stand up there at the podium and like have everybody there and kind of seeing all of it come together, like that was the surreal moment for me that the guys that started a podcast in Mike's basement with one microphone, when we wanted to talk, you'd have to pass the <laughs> microphone around. Um, to see where that started to having a full-blown, like Nebraska podcast award show that we put together, like that was surreal for me i like it yeah
1: i like it well brian i mean we started out just in your your bat back of your batting cages if you really want to know i mean and now where we're at now what's your thoughts of even something like just here and i mean we've had a lot of good guests on we've had we didn't join that show i want to let you know it was my my thing i reached out to them i said hey i'm not signing until this day with her dad and i just felt like getting on with her dad was more important. Than joining that show but it would have been fun to, for us to get there yeah because we had 15 episodes in the bag so
0: yeah i mean gosh i think about those early episodes and the bat pings behind you know and uh we definitely learned a bunch but you know i think it really like helped like light a fire under both of us like man there's a lot of good stories that people wouldn't know about that once they do know about, I mean, they can learn from, from this person, you know, from their experience. And and it's awesome to share those messages.
1: I would have to say, you know, there's, there's one that stuck out. We had Kiki Hadley. And then a lot of people go, who's that? She was a power lifter and she still is from central. Okay, Like if there's an episode that I always try to share is hers because she's that inspirational that she doesn't fit the mold of what people look for in athletes but she handles it and when she steps up on that mat at the at the powerlifting competitions in high school she's the queen and it's like so weird that if it's everyday school she's probably getting made fun of and talked on but you come mm-hmm. amongst that we had jojo doman and that was like after that did i thought i was gonna run through a wall like yeah. i did i mean we had kate who, who did, missed his own draft name being called for the MLB draft. So like you're hearing all these moments because like for those who don't know them, you wouldn't know that how it affects them, you know, because they had the TV cameras. They were all at Brian's <laughs> wired training. So they have TV cameras. Everybody was ready for this big moment to hear a local. Once again, a local athlete get his name called for the MLB
0: and his buddy hits the wrong controller thing. No, <laughs> Hits the PlayStation button like literally 10 seconds before his name was gonna no. be yeah. and like we had KETV there, you know, like K E T V was there, like film in the moment and everything. And boom, friend hits it. We miss everything on TV. And then uh the moment was not yeah, real. It was not it was wow. Not, so we we had to go back, like K E T V was there, right? Like we yeah. had to get that moment, we're like. Let's rewind, let's rewind and so yeah, we replayed the whole. That so the moment's sucks. not it's
1: not it's not as live
0: as you want it. Yeah.
1: But like that's a once in a lifetime memory, you know what I'm saying like. Yeah. So like getting those stories and then obviously we're now shooting season 2 here with her at sports like um being able to go check out the games mm-hmm. so what's your uh now surreal moment so far with her at sports i know i know our producer talks about it and i am not afraid to say it man this dude is out there brandon is out there whether it's whether it's supernovas he's been in the nfl draft i mean people just dream of going to watch the nfl i've never been and i'm 41 years old right this right. dude's just out of high school
2: doing work. Right. Yeah. Hey, Brandon's picked up a lot, man. He's starting to do photo, video. He's doing the producing. He's handling all the social media as far as the podcasts go. Like, yeah, he's, he's working hard. What's been your surreal moment so far with the change? Um, I think for me, it was my first Nebraska game that I went and covered. We were doing a special, um, like, 100 years of fandom video. And my job was solely just to go and capture what does it look like for a fan going to Memorial Stadium and watching a football game. And the podcast, I think, desensitized me a little bit like heading into it because I, I you know, I, I hang out with former Nebraska football players now. Yeah. Right. Like that's our, that's our gig now, um, with no block, no Rock, but walking out onto the field with like a credential on my chest. And I had my camera rig with me and like, I walk out and the whole sea of red is there and you can see the players warming up 10 feet from you. I mean, it was like, I was not prepared with how emotional I was going to be. I've been a fan of Nebraska football literally my entire life. My dad has been his whole life. And um, so for me to walk out there and like, just look up, I took a good, 5 minutes I think I set my camera down and I was just standing there and I was like dude this is who would have ever thought and my dad like he gives me a hard time all the time he's like who would have ever thought that you would ever be doing anything like this <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I know man it's crazy but I think that's the surreal moment for me I would also say like the match of the century between Nebraska Wisconsin um those guys battling it out in the bob like standing down there that going five sets and after the win i mean it was just like electric
1: it's almost exhausting though too right like there has to be a moment afterwards that you're like all right i i need two minutes like maybe five maybe half
2: yeah and you know like the downside of going and like filming everything you know especially like i went to tampa and i covered the national championship the final four down there um the amount of work that goes into... I mean, you're not even watching the match. Everything is on a screen, right? Yeah, like, you're yeah. getting the shots that you need and everything.
1: Um, My wife hates going to sporting events because, for me, I'm like, I'm showing you what it is to be who I am live. Yeah. Yeah. I've in a cool uh, dude, Canadian guy's first goal for the Mavs. Like, I'm like... Like yeah. I'm catching some things that I like, Right, but my wife's like, can't you just watch?
2: Right. No, it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. I mean, in like just the work that it goes into the preparation and the work of the day, the day of is just exhausting. And then like you go to a match of the century kind of deal and you cover all five sets and you can just feel it building and building and building. And you know that if they win that match, Your job is to portray it as best as you possibly can. As soon as that match is over, you're like, did I get enough? Do I have enough footage for this? Did I get this? Did I get that? And you start, you know, doubting yourself a little bit. Well, then, I mean, the job doesn't stop. I mean, the match ends, and then you got to get that out like quick. Yeah. Everything. I mean, well, every- that's
1: like when Nebraska beat, I uh, beat uh, Purdue. Mm-hmm. I mean, people run in the, to the middle of the floor. If you weren't a photographer trying to get in the middle of floor, mm-hmm. you're, you're what they call asked out.
2: Yep. You're doing the background
1: going, look at what I'm seeing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's like, uh, and everything in sports is so irrelevant after two days. Like think about it. All right. So Friday night, you go cover a high school football game Saturday at noon what's happening or 11, 11 a.m yeah. college uh, football college starts football. so once college football starts everything is irrelevant that you did friday night so you got to get that stuff you you go and you film till 10 o'clock and then you spend all night editing you drop it in the morning for everybody to enjoy and then once the social media algorithms and everything switches to college football it's over and that's every week every sport yeah it's uh that's one thing that I
1: think, uh, you know, that I have to really appreciate her at is they've really talked to us about the algorithm. And of course me, I'm like, I'm going to find ways to break it. I'm going to find ways to, and, and I mean, I think it's just, there's nothing more than consistency. And I think that's probably the hardest thing to, to find the time to do when you're looking at your time schedule. I mean, just explain a day or two of what it's like in, in the good old KB home.
2: Yeah. So I'll give you an example after the first uh, supernova's match you spend the whole night there right yeah and then you spend 3 hours after the match just offloading the footage we had over 6 shoot we had 6 shooters there for video we had over 700 gigabytes worth of footage from 10 different cameras so you offload all of that until like <sighs> midnight following the match then all day Thursday is dedicated to editing that and then all day friday editing that all day saturday editing that and then saturday night is creighton you go cover that offload all that footage sunday edit everything for creighton and hopefully you're done with wednesday's project before you get to saturday so you can focus on the creighton stuff like it is a non-stop i mean look i've got two phones he's got two Phones, one for her, that one for his own. Yeah, because this the teams the teams chat is constantly blowing up with people dropping ideas, constantly you know bringing up projects, things that are covered, things that are being posted. Like it really is, it's like a twenty four seven kind of thing. How's the wife take that? I
1: know, I know how mine feels. I think Brian said you said you just did a hiatus from
0: social media or. Yep, I'm on a like a minimizing screen time kick right now.
2: It's not easy. No, it's not. It's not easy. And I mean, like we talked about, you know, trying to fill up all these buckets and things. I've been able to eliminate the full time job as far as like you know, this isn't some extra that I'm doing. Yeah. So the bucket for like my wife and family and friends is a little more even now than it is than it was when I was doing the podcast full time side business. Like you name it. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was really, it's really tough to kind of manage all of that and make everybody happy. Um, So now it's, it is a lot better.
1: Yeah. When you think of your first time making the decision to join her at what was possibly a struggle going through your mind and what was the outcome that you thought, okay, I, I've overcame that struggle.
2: Well, it's a big change, man. Like going from a, I was working, 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, not having to worry bankers hours, Um, not having to worry about weekends, not having to worry about holidays, not having to worry about none of that. And uh, once I, once I left the office at three o'clock, nobody at the bank was calling me. Nobody was texting me. Nobody was, you know, it was, it wasn't. And now it's more of, it's so much of a team effort, um, you know, at at hurt at sports where it might be eight o'clock on a Thursday And Brandon needs something from me for a project that he's working on. It's, it's very much so like that's I'll say this about the, the leadership though, for her at sports, Sasha Durkin. I mean, she is a rock star. You have no idea the amount of things that she manages. You have to imagine everything that we cover. It all comes from her. She's on top of it. Right.
1: I've seen her at some events without you guys. Like we did the, the um, Warren Academy um, recruits thing. Mm-hmm. She was out there. It's a Sunday or a Saturday, you know, evening. Yep. Which I thought was going to be Saturday morning. Boy, did that throw a big kink <laughs> in my wrench, yeah. you know? But I mean, you're seeing, and I, of course, I'm solid running around with the supernovas. But like, yeah, those are parts of it that people don't understand. Is she's not giving up the camera? She's not hoping everybody
2: else gets everything. No, she's not saying okay. I'm just going to focus on like, you know, scheduling things. No, she's out there filming. She's out there taking photos. She's out there posting, she's editing. She's doing all this stuff plus managing everything that we have to go cover. Um, but where I was kind of getting at that was like, she makes sure that like, if you are the big thing in creativity is burnout, as I'm sure you well know. Um, once you burn out, it is very difficult to like get back into it. Once that happens, it's kind of like the end of the road, honestly, like you have to take a serious break. Um, And so once you start getting to that point, she's very good. And her dad sports is very good about being like, let's give you one assignment this week. And you can just focus on that, get some other stuff cleaned up and go from there. So um, while it is a 24 seven team aspect, they're very good about like, Hey, I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed. I got too much going on. I just need a break. And they've been very good about that.
1: Brian, was yours from social media burnout, or was it
2: just uh, I mean, cause
1: I I unfortunately get some of your messages because I'm allowed to post on wired training <laughs> yeah. and as of late it's been like ding ding ding. Is that time? Here. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, someone's busy on this. Yeah.
0: It's not me. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's just more so. I have some big goals in 2024 and uh, I will t- absolutely get stuck in like the social media, like scroll and scroll and scroll in. And it's a focus thing for me. Um, you know, I don't need a lot of that information they're providing. Like right. I struggle with that. Like I, you know, if I'm there, I'm going to like take in that information. I'm going to look at it. But to me, if I just want to be present and, like, you know, for my students, for my employees, like I just got to shut down for a little bit.
2: Yeah. For sure, I think
1: that's the, that's probably the hardest part is because like I have stuff to post, but obviously I'm more of where if I have my laptop, I'm, it's a lot better to go laptop phone. If I just have my phone, unless it's like a quick video that I'm making, I'll sit there and get to scrolling because I'm like, well, oh, I don't, I just mm-hmm. scroll, and it just totally like like you said though, it takes away because it isn't like I need the info that I'm scrolling through. Gosh, you guys too, are making me think info. smarter,
0: man. All right, all right. I saw another thing, too, that, that inspired me recently. Uh-oh. Okay. So this is, uh, like, and this can apply for, like, kids, spouse, everything. But, you know, like, your kids spell love, T-I-M-E, time. And that's one thing that, like, hit me, like, right? So, like, when I'm at home, like, do I need to be, like, scrolling on social media? I know you don't want to hear this as a strategist, right? <laughs> um, but, but coming down, like, you know, it's like, man, like, no, I need to go spend time with like my spouse, like, you know, like my kids or, you know, someone. So that's what hit me recently. And I'm like, man, I need to figure out my priorities. Like, this is going to play a role, but I need to be present right now too.
2: Yeah. And I mean, luckily, like, obviously I do not come from a background of social media strategy. Like I know nothing about it. I I really don't. Um, That's what I was hired on as like a social media strategist. And when I came in, I was kind of like, I can try to help, but where I'm my best is behind the camera and behind my monitors editing something for something. Right. So luckily, I mean, like that, that aspect of my title really is not a huge factor. I really don't spend a whole lot of time figuring out algorithms and figuring out what's trendy and things like that. Um, It's really my job is solely. Um, as a videographer and as an editor, I, I handle a lot of the big projects that you see on social media as far as like, whether it be the supernovas making history for the first match in the in professional volleyball history in Nebraska, um, or, you know, the hundred years of fandom and things like that, right? That's kind of where my focus is at, at all times.
1: I like that you brought that up. When you look at those projects and you look at those types of things, what's your type of
2: thoughts, research, pregame that you have to do for yourself? Um, as far as like preparing for something like this, you kind of want to get, as far as my workflow goes, I always try to find some sort of inspirational music or some sort of song that I think is going to fit the vibe of what's going on. Um, but for me, where I thrive is in the sentimental cinematic, like recaps. And the reason I say that is just because I'm a very sentimental person, um, and so if I can put something out that is going to be a tearjerker or really show something that can be, you know, as special as it is while it's happening, that is what like fills me up. That is where I get all of my happiness and all my fulfillment is when you can watch something that I have created and you're like, wow, like that was a special moment. That's why I got into weddings. Weddings are a special moment in everybody's lives. And there's a lot of little details that happen within a wedding where if you don't capture it, you're just not you're not going to get that sentimental piece, whether that be the bride and groom handing off notes to each other, whatever the case might be. Um, or, you know, a, a grandma that um, doesn't have a whole lot of time left and they're doing something with their grandson. Like these are things that are important to me. And so in the sport sporting world, right. You go to an event and you see a son hanging out with his dad in Memorial stadium and, and, in the hundred years of fandom video, I I captured this, this kid, like putting his head on his dad's chest while the, while the timeout was happening. And like that stuff just fills me up. Dude, that,
1: that, that's surreal. Yeah. uh, So now that you do the sports, how's the wedding scene been for you? Is it kind of on the,
2: on the back burner? I'm done with weddings. Are you done with weddings? Yeah. I really, I really, really loved it. But at some point, in your like wedding career, a lot of weddings just feel the exact same over and over and over again. Especially people <laughs> that especially people that stick to the trends. Yeah. Not a whole lot of people step out of we need to do this, we need to do that, and we need to do this. It's like everybody tends to stick to the Instagram wedding and the Twitter wedding, the Facebook, oh. like what they see. And for me, it's more of like what what fits your family? What fits you two the best? Don't follow what everybody else does because guess what? Your video and your photos are all going to look the exact same as everybody else's.
1: I, I like that you said that because people are like, well, why don't you do a lot of weddings? And I'm like, cause getting the direct message across to people for, for customers to understand is not always easy. Mm-hmm. They're looking for what they've been to. Mm-hmm. They've looking for what, and I tell people, I'll play all the hottest songs that you want me to play. Doesn't mean they're going to be on the floor. You know mm-hmm. Why? Cause if your wedding party is is outside gathering mm-hmm. or they're at the bar standing the whole time, that's where your party is. Yeah, I am just that serious with these folks. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I'm not gonna. I'll tell you, if you're on the dance floor, I guarantee you're dancing. Yeah, but if your wedding party isn't, they're the ones that make or break the weddings, and, it, and it's it's hard. Because I've had one wedding where I'm looking and I'm announcing a, a dollar dance, which is obviously almost obsolete. Yeah. I mean, I've been able to get people to do something else where they get way more money in a small amount of time. Dollar photos. Yeah. Yep. We call it a money mix. Real simple. I play three songs. People walk around, someone getting cake in their face. They're going to do it anyways, right. right? So anyway, so I had this dollar dollar song and I felt like I was begging their guests to come up yeah, and the bride's sitting there. Right. You know how hard that is? Mm-hmm. Like is? I'm just like you. Like I'm very, and now my daughters are of the age. So it gets harder. The dad's talking that like that stuff is hard for me to watch. Right. It just, I'm like, I'm almost there. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. I have my daughter just now signed her, uh, her thing for her wedding. The very first one, my oldest you know and that's scary yeah. like to do that on that side but then i've also had a couple where people are like will you be in the wedding and dj and and it, i've done two of those and that's just hard dude yeah. I, it kind of just kicks my passion it just it sucks because i'm kind of like you where it's like i want people i want these moments and i want to
2: give people moments but it's just not the same yeah and i mean in in sports something that's kind of when I was not working in sports, something that was not in the forefront of my memory was, um, or like in my thoughts was kids looking up to athletes as specifically in like the women's sports, um, realm and like working with like Anna Bellinghausen and Marissa Voss and like all the extraordinary, um, women that we have here at heard sports, uh, they've kind of like opened my eyes as far as like putting a focus on motivating the next generation or like inspiring the next generation. So like you see me out at like the match of the century and I want to capture as many um, young eyes as I possibly can and like make these athletes, these, these women in sports look like superheroes. Right. Um, And so like capturing this Omaha supernovas and the amount of attention that it got And the amount of little girls that were at that match watching. So many. I mean, it was just incredible. And it's something that I pay more attention to now working in sports and working with the women that we have here on Herd at Sports. Um, And I think that's just, it's just incredible. Like my whole world has kind of expanded. And I like that you
1: brought that up because I think that's the biggest thing between our podcast and the AM radio. The AM radio, they were trying to be like every other AM show. For us, we're being different because I want to make that connection to our future. Mm-hmm. Like to let them know that it's okay, you're gonna fail. I mean, we have people like Connor capici who who sophomore didn't get no looks when he went to this big, big event. Mm-hmm. Then the dude when he comes to do an interview is in the MLB draft being talked to by the by the White Sox, and you're like. How did this happen? Right, but he can inspire someone else to understand that you could go from tenth grade to senior, and all of a sudden you're you're in the limelight. you yeah. know. but I've noticed it when I went and watched my old neighbor Kyle, Will, Kyle, Will Kyle, plays for South Dakota State. Started as a freshman, was playing under Chucky here in Omaha. Mm-hmm. Chucky is is who Chucky is. That's where all the thing was. He got no love. We get a message the other day just to let you know NBA scouts have talked to him. They're very impressed with the interview he did with you guys and how business professional. Wow. And that's where you're just like, this is the why. Yeah. Because it shows the best, but the real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. give the real stories, like you said about your guys' podcast. And and it's just looking at the kids look up to him. I mean, this dude's 6'6, and I took a couple pictures when I went to the game because these little kids is they're wearing. Will Kyle's littlest fan and you're like the impact that these athletes have is something that if you've never lived it we're not going to know about it but it doesn't mean you can't share about it right right and and of course you guys are you know big with the Huskers you're big with Creighton you're big with you know you're big with now the supernovas I mean what's next what is the next thing that you're looking forward to that you could share if if there was a next for you
2: I mean, as a group, um, I know that the overall goal is to cover as many stories as we possibly can across the state. Obviously, it is a rather small team, I'll say. Um, I guess compared to some other places, maybe not. Um, But the amount of sporting events that are going on in the state of Nebraska is like impossible to cover with the amount of people that you have at your luxury right? without burning out. Yeah. Um, and so I think for, for her, sports, I think expanding and growing is just the overall number one goal on social media. As far as a team goes, I think, I think that would be a big goal for us. Yeah. It's uh... cause we, I mean, we want to make sure that every story gets covered every single one, like not just the, the winning team or not just like, there are little stories inside a, a losing team team yes. there are there are stories everywhere and they're, they're important to tell and you just can't uh, cover it all because there's so much going on
1: god i just need him to record our our drop i mean <laughs> when i go to these wired access hoops night i'm not looking at one person i'm recording it all i'm seeing what i get yeah and when you get an athlete that just outperforms and no one has talked about him, and then you get someone that just i mean they just post a, they reshare it, reshare it that's all that you want for that athlete. And then all of a sudden you see, oh, they got an offer here. They got an offer here. Why? There's a coach. There's a place for everybody at college, no matter the mm-hmm. level. Yeah. And I think that's our biggest message for any of the high school kids. Set where your goals are and know where your level is and be okay with it and grow through that. I mean, JUCO's a big route. I like can so many people were scared of that, but... It's a way of life now. It's not just a a, a word of mouth. Yeah. It's what MLB players are doing to get there. Why? Because if you can grind all the way from that and make it to something, to let's say Division One Huskers, mm-hmm. you have just shown an area that it takes to do Major League Baseball. Yep. Because I, I talked to a couple other athletes who went to an Iowa Western and now no longer play because they saw what it really took. Right. Right. And they back out I mean you probably have a, a couple that come through your facility me I mean, yeah that was, <laughs> that was me you know yeah. and, and it's just like it's okay to be that now how can you give back yeah what what would be your story to give back well I I tell you man I appreciate you coming on I appreciate you sharing just what's going on but also the views of when people think that it's so easy to do these things yeah and, and oh man you're good no it's it's 20. 30 40 hours i mean you talk about the project of of just the the novas yeah and that amount i mean you you're a guy who knows gigabytes yeah and terabytes and all that I don't and know how
0: you go through that much footage that's what i was asking the video just real right. quick
1: if you can give one quick we'll get you out of here on this yeah give kind of a, an idea of what it takes to go through that to kind of even just piece something together to even be
2: worthy of a view. Yeah, I think the best way to summarize it is you watch the same video. You I mean you watch your video probably 2000 times in the in the building of the video. You put a clip here, watch the whole thing. Put a clip here, watch the whole thing. It is over and over and over again until it is completely finished. And the Nova's uh the Nova's video um that was like 21 hours over the weekend of just watching it thousands of times and going through 700 gigabytes worth of footage from 10 different cameras over and over and over just piecing I, it I together never
1: do this and, and the 21 do. hours what was the wife's thoughts
2: in that 21 hours um you do know I honestly I, three? I worked from home from 2020 to like 2022 so she got plenty of me working from home, so now, so now it's like, hey, you're gonna go sit up in your office and work on a video for 20 hours? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna binge watch Netflix. You just leave me alone.
1: See, and I'm, yeah. i I'm not gonna lie. That is a very strong statement because my wife will want to watch a show, and I've just said, hey, you want to watch this show? I'll be right here by you, mm-hmm. but don't get mad because I'm not watching. Just understand that I'm right here. I'm working. And I think that's the hardest thing because even gamers like get hated on because they're like, oh, they're just playing games just be blessed They're home, right? Like they could be at the bar. They could be, but I do get it. Sometimes yeah. there has to be a separation. Yeah. Well, once again, a wired access podcast, Kyle Byers, Brian Southworth, again, check out the supernovas, all Americans X NCAA championship players, Olympians, people that have actually went overseas to play pro have came back home, and this league has actually taken off so much that they've already added another team for the next season. And I can, I, it's going to be one of many, I feel. It, it's just, crazy just it, because of the results. Check it out, supernovas.com. And once again, Wired Access Podcast, I heard that production.
0: Sports Network Production.